Hey everyone, welcome to the Good Bottle Podcast. I am Chris Sinclair and I am joined by my fellow host, Drew Garrison. We are a couple of self-proclaimed booze pundits with a lifetime of industry experience dating all the way back to the days of washing dishes and cleaning pizza ovens all the way to owning multiple businesses and selling some of your most exclusive brands in the world. Our goal is to walk you through today's most interesting alcohol industry headlines while sipping some delicious sippy sippies while we do it. Drew, what to do, buddy? Hey, man, we have such an exciting episode for all of our listeners, and we have a great way to kick it off, too. As all of us know, this has been a very, very trying year for restaurants, and It seems the only person that gives a shit about this is Guy Fieri. None of our senators do. None of our um, politicians do. So one thing that was recently set up was a way to text your senators and an actual formal written letter. And it could not be easier. This was set up by Ed Rudisell, who is a restaurateur out in Indianapolis and all around great person. And what you're going to do is you're going to text... P-U-Y-O-C-L to the number 50409. So again, that's P-U-Y-O-C-L to 50409. What this is going to do, it's going to activate a bot and it's going to ask you a bunch of questions and have you fill in information. So you're going to give your first name, your last name. It's also going to give your email and it's going to send and your address. It's going to send an email with this letter that was been pre-written that is urging senators to act on the restaurants act, which is going to provide funds for independently owned restaurants and their employees all over the nation. And it just, it could not be easier. You can also share it with people too, which is really, really great. Uh, so mine was sent to, uh, to, uh, my, my local senators and you could do the same thing. So it's awesome. Please do it. And then in addition to that, we have some really great news about our favorite topic, tariffs. We have um, another, I mean, this is actually going to be a very political show, apparently, because now look at the second story, and it's going to be about tax incentives for, for small craft distilleries. We will have our sexy bottle of the week, our dope follows of the week. But first... Chris, what are you sipping on? Oh, buddy. I am sipping on some Guyana. Um, that is not correct. Some Damiana liqueur. I don't know why I said Guyana, because it's Guycura liqueur de Damiana. Uh, I just call it Damiana liqueur. Damiana is an herb. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a classic South American tea. Um, it is uh, classically known as as a um uh what's the word uh where where uh, like for oysters you know something that like picks up your sex drive an aphrodisiac yeah, it's an aphrodisiac thank you very much jesus that Boy. was difficult for me i mean i'm sure jen just falls for that charm every single time it's like you know babe what's that thing that makes you all hot and bothered <laughs> yeah yeah tell me what that is it, that's my trick right is i get her to tell me and i'm like yeah yeah, yeah that's the thing that's the restaurant oh. we're going to for date night. There you go. That poor woman. <laughs> That's a fact. <laughs> I'm uh, sorry. Go on. Come on. But get us on this, this liqueur, on the other hand. Oh, buddy. It is delicious. Um, I consider this uh, uh, a, a nice, beautiful herbal uh, liqueur in the same realm of um yellow chartreuse or in the same realm of benedictine i freaking love it it's it's sweetened with honey um it's just it's just rich and delicious and nectar of the gods and i'm so happy to finally be able to say that i carry it at good bottle it's been it's been one of my favorite liqueurs uh for as long as i can remember and um uh the bottle is fun it's it's the bottle of a um, of of a uh, fertility uh, idol. Um, it's it's rad. Big pregnant lady, big booty and boobies with uh, no head. 
you know, so it's everything that you want in a woman. It's great. Oh my God. You are Casanova. That is for sure. Oh, let me tell you what. Regardless, it's fucking delicious. That's great. Uh, what are you drinking on, buddy? Um, I am sipping on on some of our former guest. Wow, that's uh, seductive. Former guest, yeah, uh, his his coquito blend. So so Raph, who was on the show last week or two weeks ago, I don't even know anymore. He uh, was talking about you know coquitos the whole time, and I was like, I definitely need to have this. And then turns out he started selling them at your shop, which I thought was amazing. That's very true. And he offered them in a couple different a uh, couple different styles. So he had the um, he had a non-alcoholic and an, an alcoholic version, um, but he was only selling the non-alcoholic version uh, at the time, which is not a problem because obviously I have a ton of rum. Um, so the first one that I made was with the Ron Barlito because, you know, keeping with the Puerto Rican vibes there. And then the second one that I made was actually with chairman's reserves, um, forgotten cask. And this is a, this is a rum that oddly enough and no pun intended, but I had forgotten. I even had this rum in my collection oh, and that's odd. yeah. And then, uh, earlier this week I got hit up by an account of mine who, He's always coming to me for, for rum advices. And I was like, he says, well, Hey, you know, what do you think of this chairman's River forgotten cast? Like, should I pick it up? And I was like, I'll bring it to you on Monday so you can try it, you know? And then he thought he had pulled one over on me. I was like, Nope, I have that one too. And, um, and I, I mean, I think I've talked about chairman reserve before They're I, I really love this distillery. They're out of St. Lucia. Um, they make amazing stuff. They're spiced rum. And I, I say this, as someone who sells spice rum that I think is great, Chairman's Reserve Spice Rum, to me, is the best in the business. It's so good. I have never poured it for anyone and had them not like it. Um, it's so great. But then the Forgotten Cask is a little bit of a step up from that. It's not a spice rum. It's it's just it's a blend of um, pot and column stills. And, you know, they do the whole thing of like, oh, the master distiller forgot about these barrels. And then there was a fire and just marketing, marketing, marketing. But all said, it they made a really, really delicious rum. And it probably and it's they they say it ranges anywhere from like seven to twelve years in terms of the blend. So, you know, some decent age on it and for the Caribbean, that's pretty high as well. And it's just a it's just a really fun rum. So I was sipping on that by itself and then I also threw it into uh into Raf's coquito mix and it's it's delicious. It holds up really well in it. It's a nice compliment. And um yeah, so you that think is, that the I, just to clarify, you think that the the Chairman Reserve Forgotten Cask is a better spice rum than the Rondel Barolito? No, no, no. The spiced rum, not the Forgotten Cask. Like there's oh, okay, there's spice rum. Yeah, but you think um, it's it, you think their spice rum is better than the Rondel Barolito spiced? I mean, I think it's I think it's really close. And and correct me if I'm well. I guess they do say spice on it, but um, the the price points are very different as well. Barlito ends up being, I think, like ten to fifteen dollars more. Yeah, and, not, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I hate to make that a deciding factor, but you just when they're that close, you kind of have to find those reasons why one might be better than the other. I mean, either way, you're going to be happy. Those are both fantastic spice rums, and again, I, 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 I love the Barlito, but I, I do think that the Chairman Reserve Spice is freaking phenomenal. And yeah, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm with you. I think the only, only point of contention i have is that i uh i love the barrelito so much and and i had it and fell in love with it and drank it for years before i knew that it was even a spiced rum uh <laughs> and it was somewhat of like an insult and a shock when i heard from the maker that it was a spiced rum yeah. <laughs> i was like what now it's now it's sort of a you know, it, it's something that I, I, I laugh about because it's like, oh, yeah, this is, by the way, ha, 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 you'd never know. Um, versus the Chairman Reserve, where where I, I clearly know that it's a spice rum. Um, also, because, you know, it says so. so. Right, right. Whereas Robert is a little bit more so. I mean, again, and actually, the the price difference is a little bit more stark than I thought it was. But you have a, I'm seeing forty to fifty dollar price for the Ron Barlito, and then the Chairman Reserve Spice 
is, I mean, I'm seeing 20 bucks here. Right. I feel like right. I paid, you know, yeah, yeah. So like 20 bucks. I mean, that's a, that's a hard, it's a hard price to, to beat, you know, I think you're able to capture a lot more people on that because, you know, with spice rum and people, their, their default's going to be, um, Captain Morgan and this can be a very similar, similar thing, but yeah, I just, I, I think for, for what it, for all its purpose, like it's, this is, per, this is a great, great rum. So, or I mean, chairman reserve is just, uh, in, in general, well, they, so. they both are. And I think chairman, chairman reserve, uh, um, I will say even for a spice rum is freaking delicious. And it's a, it's a great quality. And especially when you're mixing it into something like a Koti Coquito, it just stands up and it just, it just lends itself to like really adding that much more to your experience. Yeah. And then this is completely unrelated, but I will always have a special place in my heart for chairman reserve spice because that was the rum that I used to develop liquid courage to propose to my wife. So, um, I drank a lot of chairman reserve spice that night with my brother in preparation. So that's beautiful. It's a little, it's a little, uh, a one-off for, for the fans at home, a little insight. It was my father-in-law kept coming up to me. So you ready, Drew? A couple more shots, Jeff, I'll get there. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> which is but, totally fair, uh, knowing Caitlin. So yeah, 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 yeah. It was, it was, it was there. Um, but Okay. I think uh, now it's time for our opinion on facts that we've heard from reputable sources. So one thing that we've talked about numerous times, and actually our first episode uh, was was largely built around this story, was tariffs. And the tariff dispute that's been going on between Airbus and Boeing over, I mean, really it's been what now 16, 17 years of this arguing back and forth. Um, but it's really come to a fever pitch over the past couple of years as more tariffs have been imposed onto American products and then vice versa onto um, UK products. And it's manifested itself mostly in our world when it comes to uh, single malt whiskey, uh, scotch whiskey, I think they also hit some Irish whiskeys with it too. And then they also hit some wine, which I believe it was a lot of French wine and, and things like that. Uh, but recently the UK government said that it will drop the tariffs that the EU has opposed that has imposed on $4 billion worth of us goods, which is part of a long running dispute over legal aid to aircraft manufacturers. So again, all these other industries completely being, they're facing all these tax hikes because of a airline dispute proof positive that is the worst industry in the entire world um they're doing this as part of like a very aggressive move to get this finally settled and to move forward because again so many different industries are suffering because of this argument between um the two governments and what they're hoping is that an agreement will be in place by january 20th um so chris i sent this to you earlier and had and had the pleasure of listening to you audibly react not with words or insight just like noises and <laughs> and um you know just like like kind of like an attaboy like hey it's happening and stuff like that so after reading it what i know you had some takeaways too like some of the names that were involved that are super fun to say as well as um just the the fact that it's it looks like it's finally going to happen yeah, man, uh, this is outrageously exciting. I, I got to tell you, though, um, the the resounding thought that I had reading reading through all of this information um, and the back and forth and even the fact that Airbus was even caught off guard by this, uh, which is kind of kind of fun, you know, that um, this was just a fuck it moment you know, where the UK was like, OK, we're just doing this. Um, yeah. what it what it screams to me not not even like slightly states in a in a very fragile manner what it screams to me is that um the the negotiations have gone so fucked off the rails in the last 4 years specifically this last year that the one upmanship the strongman fucking non 
communicative bullshit that's been this administration, uh, the national administration uh, for the US over the last year, the UK government's like, fuck it. This is just us saying, hey, we think we can actually work with the new government that's coming in and we are going to do that. You know, like we are ready for this to be over and we think that we can actually reach an agreement with with the group of people who are actually showing up this time uh, because they're fucking sane and we are ready for this to be over. <laughs> well, I mean, I think there's there's definitely portions of that, like the new administration is going to give you kind of renewed renewed vigor to get to get things done. Right. You're kind of like, OK, well, we haven't been able to figure things out. But but again, this is this is this is absolutely not a a trump related um issue this is again goes back 15 16 years over multiple presidencies it's just it's so crazy this is finally coming to a head yeah i i mean that's the that is definitely where our our talking points were early on i think over the over witnessing what has happened in the last year of of this like um a playground version of (laughs) <laughs> of speculation and and diplomacy it's just it's ridiculous um and it's just it's clearly gotten out of hand i mean for for this to be a, a problem in it, 10 years before before the trump uh organization took over the federal government of the u.s and we never knew about it it wasn't really it wasn't something that like had an effect on any of our daily lives. And within the last year has made so many problems, I think speaks astronomically to the fact that it's definitely a Trump problem. It's, I mean, it's been amplified for sure. I mean, and uh, you've seen that across pricing and unfortunately it's like you said, it, it became this one upsmanship back and forth which was which was really frustrating and i hope that we can move forward and and get it done but it's uh you know it's everything still needs to be agreed to but the fact that they're they're removing you know those um all those tariffs is is such a huge step and and again i like i said i think there's there's a whole new vigor that's coming from the uk side it's like okay we have a new group of people that we're going to be negotiating with maybe we can actually get something done yeah, I'm I'm really really excited to see what what happens with sort of the renewed negotiation over over Brexit, uh this new negotiation or renewed renewed vision of negotiation for for this problem that has stemmed it just spread into so many offshoots in so many different industries that have no business being part of this, you know. Right. Right. It should have stayed in the airline industry and it did not. And Correct. that was yeah. part of just like the, the pushing and shoving that that took place. And um, yeah, when you, you have all these different people that have been hurt and you know, we've we've talked about this before, but it's like, you know, scotch is already a significantly tax product in Scotland. I think it's somewhere in the realm of like it makes up 60 to 70 percent of its product cost is just in taxes that they have to right. pay. Right. So um, to have, you know, to to continue to to you know, chip away at the margins there was just really quite ridiculous. And, um, but Hey, now we're looking at a situation where, you know, all all it takes is one, one group to finally be willing to work. Right. And that's what it looks like is happening here is that representatives from the UK. I mean, and this was a nasty situation back and forth for a long time. And you know, for people who've been listening since day one, this is, that's kind of how it goes. Right. So it's, it's good to see that this is, this is potentially going to end. And um, I think you had mentioned it's the day before Biden takes office, right? Yeah. I mean, they're, they are estimating that they're going to reach a negotiation finalization on January 20th, which is the day before uh, uh, inauguration on January 21st. Um, so I, you know, extrapolate from that what you will. Uh, but I find it very entertaining, and it seems like um, it seems like what a great way for us to round out our year here, starting the year, starting the season on this story, and ending the season on this story. I think is fucking great. 
Yeah, I totally, totally agree. Now I got, I got to ask you, um, uh, uh, we hear some beautiful music happening in the background there. <laughs> I was hoping, I was hoping you didn't. So it is roughly 10 o'clock on Tuesday mm-hmm. and, um, my daughter Hensley is the worst and refuses to sleep now. And, um, my wife is also about to kill her. So I had to remove <laughs> her from the murder situation and um, brought Hensley out here to play. And she had originally agreed to be really quiet and she was for a little bit, but now she's watching um, the most hated video series of all time. Coco melon. Uh, I don't, I don't I, know Coco melon. You will. And you'll hate it too. And, no, that's um, and it's funny because I, I found out today I was I, I posted on Facebook about about a show that I actually do like a lot, and um, like any parenting conversation that has to do around the entertainment for our children, eventually it gets back to Coco Melon and how every single parent hates it, but every kid loves it. So that's what she's watching right now, and um, I I tried to mute myself and get her to turn it down, and you better believe that she blew me off. So. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So she's even starting to sing occasionally. She's even, as well. she's even talking to you. That's great. Yeah. So she's just she's in her own place right now. Um, parent of the year, ten o'clock, still awake. Um, but she's going to be real pissed when I wake her up at seven tomorrow. So oh, that's um, yeah, that's it's called it's called uh, revenge. Revenge. Well, you know, and it, it should be noted for everybody else uh, who's listening right now that uh, before we hit record, my daughter was on the other side of the wall of my office screaming her head off. And uh, I don't know if you could hear that, but uh, that was also definitely happening. So, you know, so we're both uh, really good at this parenting thing. That's that's right. And uh, we are two dads uh, making making this work. <laughs> Try right? or at least attempting to. <laughs> we're we're doing our best. God damn it. <laughs> Yo. Uh. And in more exciting uh, political talk, there is a tax incentive that has been set up for craft distilleries that is about to expire at the end of the year. And so the um, a lot of craft distillers have gotten together and they're trying to get this act extended. It's called the Craft Beverage Modernization and Tax Reform Act. This has been in place since 2017. And basically what it does is it takes the excise tax that exists for producing alcohol and it reduces it from $13.50 down to $2.70 per gallon for your first 100,000 gallons. So for a lot of um, a lot of producers, they're never going to get to that point. So they end up paying this really low tax in order to produce their spirit. Well, at the end of this year, that is looking like it's going to go away. Like this needs to be extended for them to continue that. And at this point, there has been no signal whatsoever that uh, that's going to happen. You can imagine after a year that um, everybody's had in this industry that the last thing a, dis- uh, a small craft distillery needs is an increase of $11 to, you know, per gallon on their taxes. So a lot of people are reaching out. It's the same kind of thing that we were talking about earlier when the, you know, helping the restaurants, you know, you have to write your senators, you have to get them talking about this because this is a situation where if the distillery, you know, as, as many distilleries that have already closed, like this is just going to be, another hit that I think a lot of places are not going to be able to, to sustain and to, to survive. So if you care about your local craft distillery, definitely again, reach out to your local Senator and get them to talk about the craft beverage modernization and tax reform act, because if it doesn't happen, a lot of these places are are not going to make it. Yeah. I think, I think one of the things that's really important to uh, stress in this um, specifically uh, regarding this story is um, the taxes prior to this act uh, per per liquid gallon um, were, were about 1350 federally um, per, per gallon, you know, a, 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 a distiller would have to pay. Um, with this, it dropped down to about two fifty. Um, so that difference, like Drew mentioned, was is eleven dollars. Let's let's think about that in the way 
that we would, you know, gas our gas prices, right? Like that's, that's just insanity thinking about that sort of that, that spread, right? That margin that, that needs to be covered. I, for one, am not, am not opposed to uh, small businesses as being one, as being someone who owns one of paying their taxes. I, though am opposed to ridiculous taxes. And I, I also think that I um, fall into line with a lot of other people where I say that I want my taxes to be used efficiently. Um, You know, if I pay them, I'm good with paying them. I believe in, in paying for the common good, you know, like we should pay for our schools. We should pay for our roads. We should pay for, uh, um, even even the police force as much as i think that that personally should be more you know have more scruples based on how that gets spent but i think that going from $2.50 where we've seen a boom over the last couple of years of new distillers being able to open up, um, getting past their own local legislation, uh, being able to operate and and actually develop a business plan, be able to develop a business and, and get on their legs. This will absolutely crush that. And wh- why that's important is because we need more um, options in the marketplace. We can't be stuck with the same big boys who are able to pay to play we need to be able to have options as consumers of dope shit that we can drink that's made locally that's 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 created by local business folks or even even not locally but small business folks you know because that's what makes the american industry work yeah so I take myself off mute just so you didn't get Coco Melon in the background for your entire your entire spiel. My, my um, monologue, thanks. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, you're absolutely right. Creating competition and creating innovation, you know, that's what a lot of these craft distillers do. A lot. I mean, if you appreciate some of the bigger houses and some of the newer things that they've come out with over the past couple of years, like a lot of that is in response to craft distillers pushing the envelope and doing new and unique things when it comes to spirits production that we all get to reap the rewards of. Um, you know, to your point about you know, do small businesses need to pay their fair share? Of course, absolutely they do. I think what doesn't make sense to me this year is that in a year where our government has continuously shown how inept they really are with a true problem. Like this was something that you've done before, right? You made it easier on small business. Do it again. Right. Just do it again. Do it for a year. Do it for two years. I don't care, but do it again. If, if, if there, if you can just please figure out some way to do your job and make it easier for, you know, our U.S. companies, these U.S.-based companies, to actually make it, you know? Yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, with as much uh, of a spotlight has been shown on the uh, income discrepancy in terms of personal finances, the income discrepancy between small businesses and large businesses is right there as well. And and we know that large businesses don't pay their fair share and you're leaning even heavily more heavily on small businesses getting rid of small businesses will cripple and destroy small communities fuck it not even small communities just communities in general even in large cities you can't have an entire community of walmarts and targets and exxons and you know like that it just doesn't work like that's that doesn't create a community Therefore, we we need to be able to have an actionable plan that allows small businesses to survive. And these craft distilleries are exactly that. Yeah, I think that's one thing that doesn't get emphasized enough is that it's not just like a distillery going away. Because I have no problem saying that there's a lot of these craft distilleries out there. The stuff they make, not very good. They're not. They're tourist traps. 
and people like to have local things and that's great but what that does do is it gets people visiting different areas of cities and stuff like that so other businesses are being hit and then like you said there's there's employment that is happening through these distilleries whether they're a tasting room manager or you know delivery drivers whatever the case may be you know everybody likes to support local and i think at this point here's an opportunity to really help out these places in a, at a time when you can't go to a lot of these distilleries and taste and do the things that you normally should do. Here's something that you can do. Reach out to your center, let them know this is something that you care about. It's the craft beverage modernization and tax reform act. They don't have an easy text message thing, but maybe that's an issue that we need to talk to them about because that other one was just like way too easy. So the fact that they put well, more effort in here. I, I will tell you, as a small business that operates directly across the street from the uh, the state capitol uh, uh, building of California, um, I hear a lot from uh, from staffers that calling um, and sending emails matters a ton, uh, regardless of whether or not you get a response. Uh, the sheer volume of of receiving um a response or receiving you know an influx about a specific topic truly matters mostly because our senators our representatives they're human beings and they get annoyed about things just as easily as the rest of us do so if we overwhelm them with saying hey this is an issue fix it they will want to make that issue go away so that way they don't have to deal with it anymore pretty pretty baseline shit but um but that's that's politics man i mean that's that's how it works yeah i know that for myself in the times that i have reached out to you know to my local representatives um i feel like i've always received a response which is pretty cool that's and, pretty fantastic that's really yeah cool. which i mean you know it's it's also on the stage like well yeah duh, do your job but um but, you know, at, at this point, both of my, my letters were sent to Feinstein and Harris. And so hopefully, um, hopefully I get a reply back. I know Harris is going to be busy soon, but, you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe that's something that, that, um, that she can knock off her list right before she checks out. You know, uh, yeah, that'd be that'd be fucking fantastic. Yo. You know who's dope? Them over there. Well, I, went out of, I went out of order on that one. I apologize. Hang on. It's okay. So no, let's just, just do it. Let's just, just oh, run with it. All let's right. Let's run with it. And then we'll do our thing after. It's okay. I mean, with people still listening at this point, I mean, they know that there's going to be a little bit of... You, you already know, knew what this fuck. was. <laughs> yeah, there's a little bit of fuckery that happens. Um, so, so, as, so, yes, my favorite part uh, of the show... And um, it is our dope follows of the week. And this is where we tell you who we're following, who you think, who we think that you should follow when it comes to your social medias, podcasts, websites, shows, what the hell ever, just cool things that were, that we really enjoy. So Chris, who's your dope follow this week? Uh, My dope follow this week are the homies at Midtown Spirits. Uh, It's, it's uh, uh, two super homies of mine. Um, my buddy Jason Poole, who used to own Preservation Spirits, uh, who made Dope Bloody Mary Mix, uh, has partnered with a, another really great friend of mine, Dave, who is just the sweetest guy on the face of the planet. And they've opened up a distillery. It's probably this one of the sexiest dis- distilleries that I've been in in a long time. Um, and it's right in, in Midtown Sacramento. Um uh, they, as soon as the world opens back up, they'll be able to ha- like host you and have like a great time. They've got a, they've got a bar, um, at, in their tasting room that just allows you to like sit and taste through their products. They've got a bunch of like, um, uh, infused spirits, including like s'mores vodka, which, you know, say what you will, but God damn it. That's fun. Um, and I, I honestly couldn't be more proud of them. Um, uh, they've been friends of mine for a long time. I've witnessed Jason go through ups and downs with preservation. Uh, so the fact that they are here and they're uh, doing this 
this damn thing and making a really, really cool addition to not just the community, but uh, like we said, like the small business community, uh, I, I think is rad and they, they deserve all the, all the support that they can get. So that's at midtown dot spirits um, on Instagram, on, uh, on, on Twitter and then uh, midtown spirits on Facebook as well. Uh, they're, they're fucking great, and I, I definitely strongly suggest that everybody follows them and give them all the support that they they can. Is Jason still doing his Bloody Mary mix? Still doing Bloody Mary mix, still doing uh, margarita mix, as far as I know, has moved away from doing pickles, which is unfortunate because I, was very I, good love, at it. I, I yeah. love them. Yeah, um, agreed. But I understand the economics of it. Uh, so maybe I just get to convince him to do it every once in a while just for me because, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm cool like that, I guess. Yeah. I, I, I'm not, I, I'm actually not that cool because he would most likely look at me and laugh. So, um, that's, that's awesome. I haven't been out to the distillery since it opened up. And so I need to go out there and see those guys. Um, I, I love, I love, uh, Jason. He's the best. He's always been super cool to me and it's always made really cool stuff. So yeah, I need to get out there. And actually my mom asked me this week to go out there and get her some stuff for, for some Christmas baskets. So I, I mean, Hey, now I got, now I have two reasons, you know, it's, it's, it's the universe is telling me to go. So, well, you know, uh, there's, we also shot a, um, an episode of five o'clock somewhere, uh, that you can find on Facebook and on YouTube. Um, that took place there. And I believe it was the uh, Delma Gay episode that, yeah, that we shot I think there. So. Yeah, and that's, your, and that's the make your own cocktail at home kit that you do. That's right. Bottle, right. Yeah. It's, it's the, how we, how we teach everybody how to make cocktails at home. Yeah. I did the, I did the um, daiquiri one at the leaky tiki in that my was backyard. Damn fun. That was a fun one. Those real good times. Um, awesome. Well, yeah, so definitely check it. Definitely check them out. And then my dope follow this week is actually across the pond and it's Don Davies MW. Don is the head buyer for the whiskey exchange and the whiskey exchange is obviously a, uh, is, you know, the biggest online retailer and one of the biggest retailers just in the world of spirits. So you can imagine, um, the cachet that she carries in terms of her opinion on things. Um, but I've gotten to know Don virtually over the past, over the past few months. Um, we work very closely with Elixir distillers, which is one of the, one of the companies underneath like the whole whiskey exchange umbrella. And so um, she has just become like one of my, really just like my favorite people watching how she handles herself in this business, the things that she talks about, the things that matter to her. And so, um, you know, you get to see her opinion. Like she shares how um, suppliers approach her, which I think is really interesting. Um, In particular, a supplier came up to her a few weeks ago and, you know, she didn't like the product, didn't want to bring it in. And then he pulled the, well, I'm going to go over your head to your boss card. Uh, which she she just shared like these these are the things that she still encounters you know and at the whiskey exchange of all places like this is this is the one of the biggest ones in the world and suppliers still pull that even with her so it's just really interesting insight and she has a really great palette really great experience there's tons of videos that um, that the whiskey exchange and elixir have put out over the past couple months uh, and she's been a big part of those with with uh, the black tot rum ambassador uh, Mitch and they're just they're super fun together they're a lot of fun to watch so check her out it's uh don davies mw on instagram and That's then you D-A-W-N? can probably have her. d-a-w-n yes d-a-v-i-e-s mw mw yeah cool check her out Yo. Uh. And now it's time oh jesus I think it's on both of us. Sexy bottle. Sexy bottle music. Oh, yeah. Uh. Oh, yeah. You really got that one right out there. I really did. Okay, so sexy bottle a week. We take an auction bottle that has sold within the last couple years. Uh, We present it to the other person, the other host, and they guess what the what it went for at auction. So this week, 
Chris sent me a bottle and I have to guess the price. So Chris, why don't you tell the listeners at home, what's the bottle that you sent me? This is a bottle that went to auction uh, in in the UK. Uh, it is the Black Bowmore uh, distilled in 1964. Yeah. And, and, uh, and then it is, oh crap, I lost it. Son of a <laughs> bitch. I'm sorry, everybody. This is what happens when you're, you know, me. Ugh, I hate my life. Here it is. Okay. And then it was it was uh, bottled in 1995. When it was released, it was available for around 120 euro. Um, uh, sorry, 120 pounds. That's a that's a big difference. Um. And uh, this this was a selected series. Uh, fill levels on these bottles will vary, and so do some of the some some of the prices on the different bottles. Uh, for those of you who are familiar with uh, with inventory in in the the booze world, this uh, this specific bottle. Looks like the 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 wash line is at a point nine, just uh, for those of you who who care about that. Which, for those of you who don't know, is almost entirely full, but probably just a little bit low. Um, so, a thirty-one-year-old whiskey uh, from Bowmore. Do you say how many bottles total there were? No, I don't. I don't have that information. Okay. And it when did when did you say it sold? Oh, sorry. Number of bottles are one thousand eight hundred and twelve. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Was there, it, it was this particular bottle went to auction in November. November. Mm-hmm. Okay. Bottled at forty nine percent ABV in nineteen ninety five. Okay. All right. So we've definitely learned a couple different things as we've gone through this process, and really, what's valuable and, and what is it. So we're talking about an Isla Scotch, thirty years, over a thousand bottles, though, which I find surprising. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, I mean, over a thousand bottles in. When when we're we're talking about um, like cask size, right? That's like theoretically two casks, maybe that were about that approximate age. You know that got blended together. Uh, the cask type is an Oloroso sherry, so there's that. It is or it isn't. It it, it is. In I, was saying, I, thought said, I thought you said cask. it just it isn't that. I was like I was like that's a really weird really weird way to phrase that. Yeah. Um, okay, and then do you already have the conversion done? I, on. I do. Okay, I just because I want to guess in dollars because that's where my mind's at with it. I don't want to guess yeah, in that's euros. Fine. Mm-hmm. Um, Nine thousand dollars. Hey. You know what? That was uh that's a pretty pretty decent guess. Uh the final bid on this was $12,310. Oh, nice. Dude, we're getting better at this. Well, you are uh I was <laughs> hundreds of thousands of dollars off, so you know, there's that. Uh <laughs> I, I I but I think it they're like we're getting we're getting better. Um, and my daughter just turned on her loud ass thing. Did I tell you to be quiet? She's sitting on my lap now. So this is <laughs> this is as invasive as it gets for this podcast. Well, well, if she falls asleep on my lap, it'll be worth it. Um, I, I, I what I do I do love about this though is that it's it's forcing us to look at things in such a different way now. And the things that we've learned, like my my favorite takeaway, and I know that we've talked about this multiple times. My favorite takeaway is how much the UK doesn't care about bourbon. Because I feel like they're my people, you know, like that's, 
that's where I need to be because because they just don't give a shit. Um, this does remind me though. So a few weeks ago, we actually guessed on um, on a bottle of rum that was going to be auctioned, and it actually went to auction this this past week, and it sold. And I don't think any of us got anywhere close. And I can I can't, you. Can you remind us what our guesses were? I don't. I I was going to, and then my daughter jumped in my lap, and now I don't know if I can get to if I have the right information anywhere. Damn you, um, Hensley, for being so adorable. I know she's the worst, and she has like this really cute princess nightgown on too. It's like not fair. Um, as I slowly pour through these papers. Feel like it's it. i'm gonna find it like after we get done recording oh wait here we go okay this is this is my favorite thing ever now that i'm looking at this okay so i guessed twenty three thousand two hundred fifty. Mm-hmm. you guessed twenty thousand raph guessed thirty three thousand okay it sold for thirty two three hundred Holy moly, Raph, you're a winner. So we we think we're getting good. Raph did it one time and is better than us. <laughs> <laughs> but just as a reminder. Can you remind everybody what the bottle was? It was the Harewood, um, the Harewood rum uh, from 1780. So, so what they believe is the oldest rum in existence was this one. Well, goddammit, Raph. You, uh... Gotta outshine us all again. Okay, so now, so now, two, so we have we have two bottles here. Okay, one that sold you said for twelve thousand. That's right. Okay, and one that sold for for thirty for thirty two. On the twelve thousand one, are you drinking it or are you saving it? I'm drinking it. I want I want to know what this one tastes like. Okay, on this I mean, one, I mean the the color of the liquid is pitch black. I mean, this yeah. is like, this is like someone dropped, dropped black food coloring into, into water and just shook it up. I mean, it, it is dark as hell. And I, I really, really want to know, um, what that is. Okay. Especially get- being, especially being like Oloroso. I want to know how much of that sherry comes out in this. Um, I got to bring you a, a new bottling of the Kilhoman Seneg because it's uh, it's I got one of the 2020 editions. Yeah, and it's almost black. It's oh, crazy. Damn. Yeah, so I'll bring that into you soon. Um, okay, all right. So for me, I'm the opposite. This one, I'm holding on to. The reason being is because I think Bowmore is becoming more and more sought after. Yeah, and so I think if you hold on to this bottle, this is one of those ones that sells for twelve thousand now. Maybe you know, in a couple of years, sells sells for a little bit more. Okay, now on to. I, I, th- I think that's legit. I think that's a that's really legit reasoning. Okay, so now on to the thirty two thousand dollar bottle. You drinking it or are you keeping it? Oh, I am. I'm keeping it. Okay, so I don't. You're... I don't think that it will taste like thirty two thousand dollars. Uh, it might get, it might put a bad taste in your mouth of what $32,000 gets you. I, yeah, I, I, like, yeah, I mean, not, I'm like, I know in my head sort of what that will taste like. Uh, and even like at $1,200, I'm like dope into this $32,000. I'm like, nah, I wish I'd held onto it for another, like. 20 years and then or like pass it on so that my kids could sell it as an investment and then somebody else could could crack it open and drink it yeah yeah understandable i think that's i think that definitely definitely checks out um i'm drinking it for sure are you i'm 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 getting together my friends that are big rum guys so of course you would be in that um you know buddy raf Travis, a couple other people across the country that I know are, are big rum guys and, and, uh, and, and, and gals for that matter. And, uh, we are drinking that effing bottle. 
for sure. Because there's just no way that I'm not gonna I'm not gonna drink a bottle that is over 200 years old and cost me thirty two thousand dollars. Like that's <laughs> that's okay, going. Is my my question is are we drinking it all in one night or are we like are we being timid and sipping on it? That's a tough call because I think you know there's there's obviously a lot of benefit in in something that's been aging for a while to open up a little bit, right? Yep. So I think what I would probably do is I would invite let's see, so you're thinking twenty seven ounces in a bottle. I'd invite nine other people, okay, and then we all get two ounces. It's to eighteen ounces. Great. No, no, well, ten because I'm including myself, so we're twenty ounces. Oh, okay. There you go. And then I have roughly five to seven that then I let sit for for a few weeks, maybe later, and then I continue to revisit until it's gone. That's how I drink that. But it I gets like, it. I like that. That's a that's a solid plan of attack. That that it, seems like it yeah. comes from experience. It gets consumed, without question. It gets consumed, no doubt about it. This podcast is brought to you by Fluid Concepts, and music is brought to you by the Brothers More, because we always just want a little bit more. Everything in this podcast is produced by uh, these two fools, Drew and I. And before we get to go killing these bottles and drinking, uh, finish what we're, we've been drinking, we ask that if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a five-star review as well. I would like to uh, make a quick little shout-out that at Good Bottle, we are hosting a gift drive for the families of – um, of people who work within the industry. Uh, there is no reason that everybody deserves to have a bad holiday season. So if you have gifts to give over the course of the next week, we ask that you please deliver them either to Good Bottle or to Casball, uh, my ex uh, place of employment. Uh, and we are collecting those gifts for, for the children of employee workers. Sorry, my daughter's still running around. Um, and you can follow us on Instagram or Facebook at the Good Bottle Podcast. And you can also support the podcast and my desire to buy one of those new boxes from Crew that has like a cool knife in it and all that other fun stuff by checking out anchor.fm slash Podcast. And if you would like for us to cover a story or if you are working with a brand that wants to be featured uh, or if you would like us to have good advice on how to get Hensley to go to sleep, you can email us at the good bottle podcast at gmail.com. And as a reminder, you can also buy any of the things that we drank tonight at the good bottle shop.com. And until next time, <laughs> cheers. I got to go. This kid's losing her mind. <laughs> Thank you.